Okay. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Complete Sports Media's podcast. I'm your host, Darren Campbell. Uh, off the injured reserve list, uh, trying to come in and uh, do a podcast for the first time in three weeks. I feel rusty as hell. I feel sick. I don't feel like myself, but uh, Jason said, hey, let's do this. Let's get this going. Uh, let's let's do a podcast. Uh, he had so many things from this weekend that he really wanted to rant about that uh, we had to we had to do it. So uh, I'm out of the bed. I've put some clothes on. I feel like uh, not myself, but uh, maybe we can pull off a podcast that you guys enjoy. Uh, thanks for tuning in, and uh, yeah, thanks, thanks, Jason, for uh, making this happen. I have missed doing the podcast for the last few weeks, and uh, I'm really happy we were are getting together to do one tonight. Yeah, I'm happy as well, and I'm happy to see that you're a little bit better from where you were. And hopefully, as every week goes on goes along, you'll keep getting better and better, just as like for myself. So for the listeners that are not don't know what's going on with us. Unfortunately, Darren's trying to get over being sick. Hoves, myself, suffered a dislocated left shoulder from a car accident. So both of us are playing hurt. Yeah. We're both playing hurt today. Yeah. We're just gonna we're gonna do what we can to try to get through and talk about some sports because that's what we both love to do. Yeah. So. Yeah, well, it's it's the playoffs. Uh, you know, lots of guys are playing hurt, playing injured. 82 game schedule and then the grind of the playoffs. Uh, I don't think anybody that's taking the floor right now in the NBA is, uh, you know, not a little banged up. So, uh, so we're, we're feeling their pain a little bit today and uh, trying to do this. Um, how was your weekend? Uh, were you, I, I know uh, we talked a little bit on Saturday uh, about the UFC and stuff, but um, yeah. How, how was it all in all? Weekend was good. Uh, you know, Shoulder was a little bit sore from the rehab, but uh, that's to be expected, unfortunately. But uh, uh, the Saturday night was great. I was able to spend it with friends, watch the UFC there. I just wish that all the fights in that UFC were of up to up to par, of yeah. like a significant standard, because two of them definitely fell off. Oh that's man, what- yeah, that was rough. Yeah, those. There was definitely ugly matches there, and they kind of close came close to ruining the card. But uh, we we've got some good things to talk about, uh, uh, you know, from Saturday night in Phoenix, Arizona, and uh, yeah, I can't wait to break that down. I, I think we should talk about the NBA to start with, though. I think um, there's a lot of great action in the uh, semifinals uh, of each conference. And uh, yeah, we haven't, you know, we haven't uh, been able to talk basketball for weeks. So uh, I'm really excited to, you know, start figuring that out. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm quite surprised uh, at the, the things that happen on the weekend because uh, lots of these, you know, these series are suddenly now uh, even and close. Uh, the home teams were winning those first couple games pretty handily and easily. And then all of a sudden, bam, uh, we see. Uh, two of the, the series tied at two games apiece. And uh, we've got one game going on right now. It's uh, Milwaukee and Boston. And Milwaukee's got a slight lead heading um, late third quarter. Uh, I'll update you a little bit tonight. Um, and then the Warriors and the uh, Golden State Warriors and Memphis Grizzlies are playing at seven tonight. And they're uh, in their fourth game. But um, the East uh, semis, the, the Heat 
were able to really dominate at home. They were, you know, playing so well without Joel Embiid for Philly. And then once uh, Joel came back, uh, new series um, tied up two games apiece, uh, looking looking strong. And uh, I don't know, I think uh, you'd have to sort of start favoring the Sixers now. Um, and then the other series uh, we've got in the West there, the uh, the Suns looked uh, very dominant in those first two games. And it goes back to Dallas and Dallas ties the series. Uh, I don't think anybody would have predicted that after four games, uh, that series would be tied at two. But um, why don't we uh, why don't we break down which one do you do? Would you like to break down first? Uh, I, you know what? Let's go with the Heat versus the Sixers. Okay. Because I was I was very impressed with the Sixers on how they stepped up their defense, but more importantly, I was impressed with a certain player that people have been calling upon yeah. to set his game up. Yeah. And finally did. Finally. finally. Yeah. Yeah, James Harden. I know you're talking about him. Um, yeah, I've got some stats to go, but uh yeah, just uh he he has been vilified. He's been just the guy that everybody's jumping on saying he's over the hill, washed up, ready to throw him on the scrap heap, get rid of this guy. Horrible move. Uh, even though, even though um, <laughs> Brooklyn didn't even get one game from the guy they traded for, uh, they still said that Brooklyn won the trade and all this crazy stuff. And uh, he goes out and scores 18 points in the fourth quarter yesterday. And redeemed himself quite a bit and uh, helped a big contribution to that big, big victory. Yeah. Yeah. He, 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 he did what he was supposed to do. He did what Daryl Morey brought him to the Sixers to do, which is to, you know, win playoff games, get past the second round, not just getting past the first round. That's actually not good enough. And I think James Harden has finally realized something. Oh man, I better, play better so that they can pay me what I feel I'm worth. Right. Because right now he's not worth that right now. No. He's not worth the money that they're going to have to pay them. So right now he has to demonstrate that he can step his game up to a certain level mm. and be the player that Joel Embiid the rest of the team needs him to be, which is a winner. Yeah. Yeah, pure and simple. Uh, yeah, he just had not stepped up. Uh, there was a lot of speculation that he was still dealing with a hamstring injury. Uh, it was blamed on not enough time to sort of sync up with this new team and get ready. Uh, the, you know, lots of statistics showing that he hadn't scored 25 points in a playoff game in 11 playoff games and only won 30-point games since he arrived in Philly. And and he was um, just, a, he was a different player in Houston, obviously. And he, he was a different player in Brooklyn. We, when he first went to Brooklyn, a lot of us were like, how is that trio going to work together? And he became a facilitator and became a passer, not a, for, a shoot first guy like he was before. Uh, went to Philly and seemed like he was, you know, just giving the ball to Embiid. But uh, everybody was like, hey, we need you, especially when Embiid was down for those first two games. He needed to step up, and he 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 was not really capable of doing it. But um, what did you see different in his game, uh, you know, yesterday compared to those first couple of games we saw that Miami won? Determination and a tenacity mm. that he knew that his team needed him to step up. They yeah. needed him to step up so that they could win. And then also, too, with the fact that Joel Embiid was looking like Hannibal Lecter out there, 
giving it his all, by the way. Yeah. At least Harden can now see to himself and say, that guy looks like Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> the least I can do is try my best, give it my all. Yeah. Because this is what this team deserves. This is what the team deserves. Yeah. And then would you look at that? He has a 30.9. Yeah. Yeah, he, he played awesome. Uh, great to see his shots going down. He uh, Look at the comparison for the stats. In the first three games, uh, he was averaging just over three points a game, uh, 21% field goal percentage, 0 for 8 from three. And uh, he, he went to the free throw line uh, four times and hit them. But uh, in yesterday's game, 18 points, 5 for 11 from the field, 4 for 7 from three, and uh, perfect from the free throw line and massive difference. Uh, great to see uh, for Philly fans, uh, much needed and, and, and really amazing that he, he came in. Um, that was his 45th 30 point, 30 plus point uh, game in his, in, in his uh, NBA career. Uh, he passed Steph Curry with who has 44 uh, and active players. He's third on the list. Uh, KD has 71 and LeBron has 118. So uh, a while to, to get to LeBron's numbers, but um, yeah, Steph's got a chance tonight to uh, get another 30 and, and tie him again at 45. But um, do you think this was a one-off or are we going to see this type of performance um, into the rest of the series? If the Sixers want to win this series, it better not be a one-off. There better be more in the tank from this guy or else I'm going to be honest. They're not going to win because yeah. the heat have players that are like literally wild cards. Uh, one player in particular, that's been actually been playing a heck of a lot better lately. And I'm super impressed with the fact that he's been able to be there for his team at this crucial time in the season, which is Victor Oladipo. Yeah. Victor Oladipo is a complete wild card. And that's why I love the heat because they got, a couple guys that are like that, that can step up at any point in time. It doesn't always have to be Butler or Adebayo. Yeah. It can be Hero. It can be Lowry. It can be even Oladipo. It can be Max Struess. They have a ton of dudes that can step up at any point in time. And that's why the Heat, they're just, they're, 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 they're a hard, tough team to play because they got a bunch of players that are interchangeable that can come in and can do work against your team. Yeah. On the Miami side, uh, you know, you, you mentioned Oladipo, but uh, we got to talk about Jimmy Buckets. Uh, yes. Jimmy effing Butler, as he was coined in the in the uh, bubble when they went all the way to the final. Um, what a game he had. Uh, he just was unstoppable. He was uh, hitting from everywhere, driving to the hoop, hitting mid-range shots, 40-point uh, game. Um, yeah, he was. he did his all to try to win this game. Yeah, he did everything he could, but unfortunately, he needed just a tiny bit more help to get that win, and unfortunately, he didn't get it. Um, Adebayo had an okay game with 21 points, seven rebounds, four assists, and then, like I said, with Oladipo, 15 points. They just needed another guy yeah. to step up, but unfortunately, they didn't have that other guy. Doesn't mean that they won't have that other guy for the other games, but unfortunately, for this game, that other guy wasn't there. Yeah. Uh Tyler Hero, um, yeah, he's uh, he's hit and miss sometimes. Uh, he did get the Sixth Man of the Year award uh, just last week, and uh, great to see, uh, well-deserved. I think he got 96 out of 100 votes, so uh, everybody uh, knew that he was the man. 
but um, yeah, some some nights uh, he just doesn't have that shooter's touch, and uh, it just won't go down for him. Yeah, yeah. Some some nights are like that. Like shooters shoot, as they say, and then sometimes shooters miss. And unfortunately, that was his night. But uh, Tyler Hero will not be deterred by a bad shooting out, uh, sh- bad shooting night. Yeah. So what do you think we're going to see in the last three games of the series? Uh, do you have a prediction? Do you uh, do you think, um, you know, it's going to go seven? <sighs> I, I, you know what? At first, I didn't think so. I didn't think it was going to go seven, especially if uh, the Sixers managed to lose game three, which they didn't. So I think there's a – I think it goes to six. Okay. I think it goes six still, and here's why. I think the Heat – are still the better team. Yeah. And also, too, I, I I just have this feeling. I know that Joel Embiid has that protective Hannibal Lecter mask over his face, but if that guy takes another shot to the face, that might take him out of the series. True. Even yeah. with his protective covering. So a lot of things have to fall right still for the Sixers for them to give themselves a shot to win this series. He doesn't um, – he hasn't returned to his top form. Uh, he had to miss – only a few games, but about a week of action. He didn't didn't look like himself, didn't look like that MVP that we've seen all year. He is banged up with the face. He also has that ligament tear in his thumb. Uh, so, you know, he's, he's taken a pass from me. Um, do you think not getting this MVP award, though, uh, will spur him on a little more? We've seen it with others uh, that got spurned by the, the uh, people that make the votes. Uh, but we hear today that uh, Nikola, Nikola Jokic is getting his second straight MVP award. Um, how do you think Embiid handles it? Does it change? It could. It, it, you know what? It depends upon a player's uh, personality, so to speak. You know, like any time that Michael Jordan got slighted, no. he would kill you. He would destroy you. He would show you this like, oh, you want MVP? Apparently, you're the best player in the league. <laughs> oh, that's funny. And then he would just destroy you, and then he'd win his championship. Yeah. So I'm not saying Embiid has that kind of personality because there's only one Michael Jordan. But he does have all the motivation in the world to show people that, no, there I was in the running for MVP for a reason. Right. Maybe I should have won it. Okay, it's fine. Jokic won it. But I'm still in the playoffs. I still have a chance to win. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do everything in my power to do that. So I, I think he's going to be motivated. But at the same time, it's very odd having this thing over your face that you've never played basketball with before. It affects you because yeah. it's a, it's a, it's this external thing covering on your face that you're not used to. So Yeah. Um, if you had a vote uh, for the MVP, uh, who would you have given it to? Nikola Jokic. Sorry. Yeah. Immediately, yeah. His his offensive and advanced stats numbers were through the roof. Uh, we've never seen a player like that. Yeah. A point center that is just dazzling with his passes, that has the softest feathery touch around the rim. He was absolutely amazing this year. Yeah. How about this? I'll, I'll put it to you like this. If Jokic is not on the Denver Nuggets team, that's a sub-500 team. Yeah. That's, a, that, that's, that's the best... Yeah. indication I could give you for why you won the MVP in the first place. That's a sub 500 team. Yeah. Well, he said historic numbers this year, 2000 points, 1000 assists and 500 rebounds. No player 
has ever done that in the history of the NBA, 75 years. And um, yeah, good on him. Uh, he becomes the 13th player, I think, uh, to get, uh, or no, 14th player to win two MVP titles. And I think it's the 13th that have won it back to back. So um, pretty amazing for the Serbian and um, pretty wild to see that the three guys in the running for MVP are all international players, Giannis, Embiid, and Jokic. Uh, it's starting to uh, shift the game quite a bit to the big man and the international player. Uh, and these three guys could be in the running for the next five years, really. Oh, they will definitely be in the running for the next five years. All of a sudden, the Americans must be thinking, I thought we dominated this sport. What happened? Yeah. What happened? <laughs> exactly. And the rest of the world is catching up to their to their to their level, clearly. And it's just, you know what? It's great for the game. It's great yeah. for the game to see all of these players just uh, doing doing their best in the league and getting to a certain level that they can be considered the best in said league. So yeah, it's pretty awesome. Very cool. Uh, okay, why don't we uh, shift to the the game that's happening to uh, later on? Uh, oh no, let's let's shift to the game the series that's our two two in the West. Um, Dallas Mavericks got a 111-101 victory yesterday and uh, tied the series at two. Um, obviously, Luka Doncic is a guy that we got to talk a lot about because he's having a spectacular playoffs, uh, one of the best players in the world by far. But he finally got some help. He got uh, some of those other guys to um, contribute offensively. Uh, Dorian Finney-Smith hitting eight three-pointers to get 24 points was uh, so key. Uh, they were really good from downtown yesterday. And, they, um, yeah, they, they've tied the series up at two games apiece. Uh, Chris Paul is struggling big time the last two games. Uh, really surprising. But um, what do you think the key was uh, for them to turn this around and and uh, nod it back up at two games apiece. I, I think one of the keys was like uh, trying to somewhat hide Luca on defense. They're, or at least they're trying their best or to do switching before he has to switch onto the ball handler because that's how uh, the Suns were attacking him in the first two games, which was just to tire him out. Sure. Which makes sense, right? They're just, we're just going to tire you out. You're obviously our offensive wizard on the other end. But once the time gets down to the fourth quarter, you're going to be exhausted. So they're just trying to drain his tank right there, right? Yeah. But so they managed to figure something else out there. And also to the others, his other teammates started to step up. One guy in particular that I am absolutely loving in this playoffs is Jalen Brunson. Awesome. That guy, I'm, I'm seeing it right now. That's their spark plug for their team. Yeah. That guy plays well. The team is very likely to win the game. Yeah. And in that game, he had 18 points, four rebounds, four assists. Like they, they, they amplify and exemplify each other's strengths so well with that backcourt of Jalen Brunson and Luka Doncic. And even when Doncic goes to the goes to take a seat, Jalen Brunson steps in, and there's no loss to the offense. The ball is whipped around. It looks like he's been playing fantastic basketball. Yeah, very good basketball. Amazing. Yeah, for such a small guy, uh, he's been able to. Find find a open room. Uh, it drives to the hoop. Um, yeah, great, a great great guard to you know compliment uh, Luca. And uh, I think that um, Jason Kidd 
actually outcoached Monty Williams in the, the past two games. Uh, Monty Williams was named coach of the year this year and uh, fully deserved it. Uh, 64 wins for, for the Suns and uh, they, Phoenix was the dominant team all regular season. But I honestly uh, saw the adjustments that Jason Kidd made in those last two games. And I think he outcoached Monty. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he clearly has been picking up something since he's gotten to the coaches ranks. And so, yeah, he coached them up well. And the one thing that I'm more impressed by is that his players are listening to him. Well, actually, as they should. He kind of has a lot of credentials behind his back, Hall of Famer and all that sort of stuff. So, But there was, unfortunately, in this particular game, there was something that overshadowed the game itself. Uh, there was an incident with a Dallas Maverick fan, with yeah. Chris Paul's family, uh, apparently pushing and shoving of, of uh, this fan, putting his hands on his wife and his mom. So... Yeah. That can't happen. I don't know what the league is going to do going forward. Maybe putting like families of players in boxes from now on in so that they have no interaction with fans whatsoever. Maybe that's the right thing to do. But as Paul has said, okay, so you're going to find players for saying something to fans, but fans are allowed to touch our families. No, Yeah. no, I don't think so. I, I think that's the solution is, is put them in, in a, uh, you know, cordoned off area. If it's not a private box, if it's down on the floor, it's security guarded, cordoned off area that they can, you know, watch the watch the game and watch the team. Uh, because we we've had too many incidents this year. Uh, we you know, there's incidences every year, but it seems like this year there's been a few too many. Uh, we saw Draymond Green and Kyrie Irving both get fined for flipping the bird off to the fans, and and um, but yeah, when you hear that. Somebody actually put some hands on uh, his mother and and his wife on Mother's Day when they're just there to try to support the team and support their uh, son and husband. It, it's ridiculous. And, you know, there should be serious ramifications. Anybody does that, they never get to attend another NBA game in their life and should be charged and, and many, many things. But, um, yeah, that was really sick to hear that because, uh, I, I've seen a bunch of games in Phoenix and I love the fans there. It's usually um, pretty awesome. Oh no, this is in Dallas. Sorry. Wow. But um, yeah, it, um, yeah, it was, um, yeah, it was really disappointing to hear about this. Yeah, it was, it was, it was. And then also too, with the fact that Paul fouls out of this game yeah. early, it's like he had a horrible game on top of all of that. So what my prediction is for the next game, he's going to come out on fire. Nice. Okay. Mavericks better watch out. That guy is going to be coming out with guns ablazing. Yeah. Guns ablazing because now he has something that he needs to get off his chest, which yeah. is anger. Yeah. Well, uh, game three, it was his 37th birthday. And man, he looked all 37 years of that. He had seven turnovers in the first half, as many as he had points. Uh, he just did, just did not look good. Uh, this game, he was even actually worse. Fouled out with 8.58 remaining in the game. He only had five points. He had six turnovers, so more turnovers than points. We don't see that from one of the greatest point guards to ever play. I'm uh, not sure exactly what's causing the issue. Maybe he's banged up. Maybe he has some lingering issues. Maybe he's getting tired. Uh, you know, 37 is old for a basketball player. But, um, yeah, your prediction, uh, let's, uh, let's hope he, he comes back. It's always great to see. Uh, all the players playing at the top level. And so we get to see the best of the best uh, face each other. Yeah, absolutely. You want to see the best of the best at their best. 
And there's a reason why he, his closeout games have been stellar so far this uh, for this playoff run. When he went 14 of 14, well, that guy's still around. That guy's yeah. still in there. Even with his seven turnovers and the six turnovers the, the, uh, this past game, that guy is still there. Right. So I think he's going to be super motivated to make sure that people remember, no, no, I'm still pretty good. I'm still pretty yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of other surprising things that uh, came out in this game. Uh, I couldn't believe that Dallas outscored Phoenix in the paint, 50 to 32. DeAndre Ayton, uh, you know, usually is – uh, super dominant. Uh, there, there's not really a big that uh, Dallas plays most of the time. Uh, Dwight Powell, Canadian guy, uh, is in there. Uh, they have, you know, they have some fair size, but they don't have DeAndre Ayton type of of center in there or or power forward. And and uh, I was surprised that um, Dallas was able to dominate in the paint. Yeah, it it was a little bit surprising, but they've managed to figure some things out with some movement so that uh, they can get their guys slashing to the rim. Uh, get some easy buckets on the inside. And also, too, they made it tough. They made it tough for Aiton on that particular game. He just yeah. didn't have it. It doesn't mean that he won't have it for the next game. I think um, Luca's out playing Booker. I think uh, Luca's the best uh, player in this series and, and has really looked the part. Um, he j- that was his 20th playoff game, and he is the third highest scorer in history after 20 playoff games. Wilt Chamberlain is number two with uh, 705 points he scored. Michael Jordan, number one, with 718 points. And Luca now, after 20 playoff games, he's got 655 playoff points. Uh, he's averaging over 35 points, 10 rebounds, and eight assists in the series. And, um, yeah, some of the games that he's been playing, man, uh, he just he just looks so amazing, like just – the, the 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 ability to find space and go at the rim, find uh, open looks. Ah, oh, man, he is just such a pleasure to watch. The body control, the fact that he's has eyes in the back of his head, they're everywhere. Uh, the way that he can spread the ball around, find open open teammates all the time, is 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 absolutely amazing. It is the only thing that. I would say that Luca needs to work on going forward is just conditioning because people now he knows people will come at him. They will come after him. They will make him switch. They will do this. So his conditioning has to be better so that he still is strong in the fourth quarter. Yeah. That's what you. Yeah. Well, I'm really looking forward to the next three games in that series. And um, yeah, I think you're right. Well, Chris Paul's going to turn this around and uh, yeah, he's going to, we're going to see that guy back. Uh, back at this top level for sure. Um, the game is tied uh, 85-85. Uh, end of the oh no, into the fourth quarter. About uh, I think nine minutes left. And uh, let's see. Um, uh, Al Horford is leading the way points wise for Boston, twenty one points. Uh, Tatum's having a great game with eighteen points and thirteen rebounds. Uh, Jason Tatum had uh, such a horrible game. Uh, the last game, he was four for 19 from the floor, one rebound, three assists, only 10 points. Uh, huge reason why Milwaukee um, won. And um, Wesley Matthews is doing a phenomenal job uh, shutting him down. He was 0 for 10 when he was covering him. 
but uh, Tatum has 18 points and 13 boards tonight. So um, good bounce back game. Uh, Jalen Brown has 16 and Marcus Smart has 12. Uh, Giannis is leading the way for Milwaukee with 28 points, 17 rebounds. Uh, Drew Holiday has 16. Brooke Lopez has 11. And um, that's about it for double figures. But um, yeah, it's a tight game. Uh, one possession game uh, heading down eight minutes to go in the in the fourth quarter. Uh, Boston with a slim three point lead. Yeah. Giannis is a, an absolute monster. Everybody knows this. I said it before. It sucks that Middleton went down with an injury, but thank goodness it wasn't Giannis that went down with that injury. Yeah, right. the Bucks would have no chance in this series. Yeah. None. Yeah. And just from like game game three, Giannis, huge game. 42 yeah. points, 12 rebounds, eight assists. He had a massive game. Awesome. But that's the thing that Giannis has now tapped into. He is now tapped into the fact that I am that good. I'm MVP caliber all the time. And now I know exactly when to pick my spots, when to go for it, yeah. when to get my other teammates involved in the offense, when to pick it up on defense, when they need a big play. He has tapped into that now. Yeah. And that that is making him such a load to deal with for the Celtics on defense. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, he's so good. Uh, yeah, they should make a special category for him every year because he, to me, is the MVP every year now and just amazing, amazing talent. But, um, yeah, if Milwaukee goes all the way to final, they win again. Uh, he's a slam dunk for MVP of the finals again. Uh, Robert Williams, a uh, big loss tonight for the Celtics. Uh, he was out with a, a very uh, swollen and sore knee. Uh, Grant Williams was starting in his place, but um, Robert Williams has looked great in, in these playoffs and uh, he was a big, a big loss for them, but um, yeah, I'll keep you updated. Um, yes. Yeah, a little less than eight minutes left. Three point game. Uh, let's talk about the Warriors uh, Memphis series. Um, Warriors really uh, just went on an offensive explosion over the weekend, 142 points. It's the second most they've scored in a playoff game in their history. Uh, we started seeing games that we saw back in the 2015, 2016, 2017 run. Uh, amazing, amazing performance by them. Um, one thing that happened today was quite the surprise. Uh, Steve Kerr tested positive for COVID, so he was out tonight. Uh, Mike Brown, uh, associate coach, uh, stepped in to fill the reins there. And um, he was just announced, uh, I think it was yesterday, that he's the head coach now of the Sacramento Kings. So gets uh, an immediate uh, step up and say, okay, show us what you got. And uh, he's having to take the reins. That game's in about uh, 20 minutes from now. So, uh, But uh, what do you think of uh, the Warriors finally – uh, everything seemed to go right, and everything they were shooting was going down. Well, that's the scary thing about the Warriors. When everything's going right, you're not going to stop them. It's just an avalanche of offense where you're like, three-pointer, three-pointer, three-pointer. That's not Steph Curry. Who just shot that? Three-point. Like, it's just an avalanche, yeah. and it just doesn't even – it doesn't stop. It just yeah. won't stop. Like, awesome. even Jonathan Kaminga had 18 points. You know what? Let me just go down – and just go through all of these guys yeah. that had all of these points. Okay, so Kaminga, 18 points. Wiggins, 17 points. Curry, 30 points. Thompson, 21 points. 
eight of 13 from the field. Oh, yeah. Oh, I forgot about a guy. Forgot about a guy. Jordan Poole, 27 <laughs> points. Like, what yeah. are you going to do when awesome. you got all guys scored all those points? Oh, There's man. not much you can do about that. There's nothing. Absolute, uh, absolute amazing display and great to see. I, I love when the Warriors are on like that. Uh, such fun basketball to watch. And um, they, they, they really look dominant sometimes when when that happens. Um, they've won 12 straight series when they've won game one in the series. Uh, that's the fourth longest streak in NBA history. And they are uh, 13 and nine in game three since 2015. So usually typically the game win game one, win game three, and then uh, usually can close out these series. Um, huge loss tonight. Uh, sounds like John Morant will not play. Uh, he picked up in a knee injury and there's been lots of controversy about this. Uh, they, they said that Jordan Poole did it on purpose, uh, pulling at his knee and causing him to have uh, some knee issue. Uh, what did you think of the play? I didn't think it was dirty. It just looked like they were uh, all going for the basketball at the same time, but um, yeah, they seem to be mad because they're missing their superstar. You know what it reminded me of? Same play that I think it was uh, regular season where Marcus Smart was going for a ball against Stephen Curry. Right. Stephen Curry's foot got hurt. You could say kind of like the same idea, yeah. same thing. And I think it was just a basketball play, personally. I don't think Poole has ever demonstrated him himself to be a dirty player like that. Hmm. So hmm. I, if I'm going to look at past history, I think it was just – it was an unfortunate incident that happened to John Moran. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. And also, too, I just wanted to add this. Poole seems to be coming into his own in this playoffs. Mm. Like, he seems to be, he's the next guy up, possibly the next burgeoning superstar. Yeah. I just want to go with these um, the stats that he's had so far in the playoffs, which is just ridiculous. His percentage, his field goal percentage he's shooting right now, 57%. Three-point percentage, 46%. Wow. And his free throws are 88%. Wow. Awesome. <laughs> wow. That's yeah. Amazing. yeah, that's really impressive. Yeah, such a big pickup, and and it's tough for uh, teams that go on a, a run like the Warriors go on because they pick they draft so much lower than everybody else does. For five straight years, they went to the NBA final. They drafted you know either last or second last five straight years, and to be able to find a guy and uh, get Jordan Poole, it's it's miraculous. You got to give a lot of credit to the the uh, people in the front office for Golden State to, you know, get such a valuable acquisition like this. Oh, yeah, of course. Their scouting is exemplary. And all they got to do is just keep it up. Because it's like, if we can just keep getting guys like this and we're still doing great in the playoffs, <laughs> oh, we, we, this is, this is just, a, it's just a wealth of treasures just that just keep coming at us because of the way that they run their front office. Because they're able to find um, um, gems where there usually is not any. They're able to find them. Yeah, phenomenal. Uh, okay, there was um, obviously a big incident. There's been a few incidents in this series um, with Draymond Green early on getting the uh, flagrant two and getting kicked out of the game. Uh, and then Dylan Brooks uh, slamming uh, Gary Payton the second upside the head. Uh, knocking him out with a broken elbow. Uh, Dylan Brooks is back tonight. Um, I really don't like that 
you can knock a guy out for a month or in maybe the entire playoffs and you only get a one game suspension. It just, that doesn't really jive with me. I think uh, there's gotta be something a little more balanced because uh, what's to stop them sending another guy at a guy and knocking him out of the playoffs and, and taking over a series. If you only get a one game suspension for something that brutal and, and that uh, obvious that it wasn't a basketball play, um, but Dylan Brooks is back tonight. Um, yeah, this, ha- this series has had some uh, controversy, got a couple guys getting thrown out, uh, obviously with this John Morant thing happening. Um, now Gary Payton doesn't have to cover John Morant, which was his job, but uh, what do you think of all the, the, the big controversial things that have happened so far in this series? Uh, it's, uh, well, the series has gotten chippy, yeah. and it's not like we haven't seen this before. But does the refereeing has to be consistent? Now, does like the injury match up to the punishment? No, mm-hmm. I, I, I can honestly say that. So for this particular game coming up, that's going to be coming up here in the next 10 minutes. I think the refs are going to be very much on the whistle yeah. to make sure that they uh, gain control of the game before it gets out of hand. Because they know going in, these teams are going to be kind of amped and they're kind of pissed off at one another right now, right? Exactly. And especially when you saw that play against with Dylan Brooks where you hit Gary Payton a second. I knew, I'm like, that's a severe injury. Just the way that he landed by trying to brace his yeah. fall, and he bounced. Yeah. He bounced. At first, I thought he did something that I did. I thought he dislocated his shoulder wow. yeah. because of like the force that it was. But instead, he broke his elbow, which is still really, really bad. So. Pretty bad, yeah. Very bad. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, it's... um. Interesting. I don't think uh, without without John Morant, uh, I think Memphis is in big trouble. And I think um, the Warriors probably take this game tonight and uh, with a 3-1 lead, even if Jaw comes back, um, I don't uh, see Memphis being able to take the series now. No, I, I don't either. Uh, it's unfortunate. But yeah, I think once the Golden State, if they're able to take commanding three games to one lead, I think this series is theirs to take. Yeah, yeah. So, as I said, uh, yeah, uh, 10 minutes to go before the Warriors game. Uh, We've got five minutes left in the fourth quarter in the Milwaukee-Boston game. Boston has a, uh, what, four-point lead, 98-94 with five five minutes left. So, keep you updated. Um, Tomorrow's games have the Sixers and Heat, the early game, uh, 4.30 Pacific, 7.30 Eastern, and the late game, 7 o'clock Mavs Suns. So, um, on to, uh, yeah, on to some UFC, um, man, we had, we had the good, we had the bad and we had the ugly, uh, <laughs> we had the good with Charles Oliveira proving he's the best, uh, best guy in that division by far, a pretty damn impressive win. Uh, we had the, uh, uh Michael Chandler kick that, uh, was heard around the world. that just blew people's minds. Uh, the, the bad was, uh, Charles Oliveira, uh, one or half a pound overweight and was not able to carry that belt out of the cage, uh, victoriously. That was uh, a pretty bad occurrence. And the ugly, we had, uh, Rose Namajunas who had the worst performance of a champion in the history of the sport, uh, against Carla Esparza where that fight was just, uh, horrible. Uh, and then we also had a real snoozer with OSP against Shogun. 
Um, man, those guys just did not bring it as well. So uh, where would you like to start? The good, the bad, or the ugly? You know what? I want to get the ugly out of the way. Okay. I want to get that out of the way. All right. So co-main event, uh, Rose versus Sparza. The one thing I did know about in this fight is that Rose definitely did not want to go to the ground against Esparza. No. So I understood what the game plan was, which was to use your distance management, pop your shots, get your shots in, but do not go to the ground with that woman. Do not engage with her in clinch work or anything of that nature. I understood that. Sure. I understood sure. trying to feel it out for the first round where nothing happened. Got it. Yeah. I kind of got it for the second round even. Got it. It's just you downloading information so you know how to attack her going forward for the third, fourth, and fifth round. Okay? But then that didn't happen. No. Now I'm going, what are you doing? No. Because at the end of the day, this is, this is a fight. Yep. And even though you're the champ, you have to fight. And I hope this is now a cautionary tale for every fighter, for every champion. You don't fight you're probably going to lose. Yeah. That's what that showed us. I I honestly think that she should be called out for throwing it. Like, um, you know, when I when I watched the Amanda Nunes, Juliana Pena fight, I said to everybody, she threw that fight. She probably got paid off and she threw that fight. But this was even 10 times worse than that because, like, she didn't even throw punches. She wasn't even in there. She just, she did not whatever the game plan was somebody is needing to be fired because that was the worst performance uh, a champion has ever given and you know yeah of course she doesn't want to go to the ground because eight years ago when they faced each other Carla took uh, her to the ground and and you know grinded out the victory and and that's Carla's strength for sure but but still you gotta you know at least try and she did not even try it was it was just so pathetic that i i just i turned away from it and i watched the boxing and i just let it happen and i thought all right i'll watch it later i watched it later and i still am not happy like that was a waste of 25 minutes of everybody's time and she's she could she actually even stepped up to the podium after the fight and said i won that fight what's going on here uh now she watches it today tomorrow the next week uh oh my god she's just gonna uh have to shake her head and think what the hell did i do and what did this entire team do this was this was just the worst i've ever seen and it 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 really left a sour taste in my mouth okay esparza won the fight off of three takedowns yeah. where rose immediately popped back up oh, and so for me to think to myself, okay, so you're worried about her wrestling, but you prove to yourself that you can pop back up. She yeah. cannot keep you on the ground. What are you afraid of then? Yeah. That actually was my question. What are you afraid of? You've what? actually demonstrated that you can get out of these wrestling positions where she feels like she's in a dominant position. You got up. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you didn't want to engage? Why? And so now you gave away the belt because Esparza had three takedowns in the second, third, fourth round. Yeah. That's the fight. That was it. Yeah. Well, we saw Daniel Cormier and, and um, it, uh, 
was it we, we just john saw, anik yeah john anik just and and everybody just saying like joe rogan and, and just saying like how do you even score this fight like yeah. what the hell i don't even know what i would do because they landed like one or two punches here and there was a takedown that was immediately the, the you know rose got back up so it was it was shocking. It was frustrating, and it was it was crazy. I I was I didn't care who won one way or the other going in. I thought it was probably a pretty amazing story for the division and for the women's game that Carla came back and and, and you know won a, a belt for the second time. Rose has done that, won the, the belt twice, uh, and Carla being the first ever to hold that belt. And she set a record for the longest time between title reigns. And it's, and it's unbelievable how much difference it is between any other fighter in the USC history. It took her 2,612 days between holding the belt the first time and holding the belt the second time. Uh, Frank Mir is second on that list with 1,234 days. So more than double the longest ever uh, – time between title reigns randy couture 1052 days tim sylvia who he took the belt from 914 days and dominic cruz who had a lot of uh serious injury troubles that caused this 742 days but 2612 days uh between title reigns is amazing and her being the first champion ever uh getting this belt but it's tainted in my opinion it was basically just thrown at her she didn't have to do anything to get the belt, nothing at all. So, um, you know, she's she's got to win a, one or two fights for me to even consider her the champion again. Really, like she just got the belt just tossed to her in the cage and didn't didn't have to do anything. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And also, too, usually the UFC is really good at doing like, okay, we're going to do an immediate rematch. Guess what? No Not chance. this fight. No. Not a chance. Nobody Not a wants to see chance. that again. Nobody, Nobody wants to see wants that again. See that again. Not going to happen. So, unfortunately for Rose, she's going to have to go back into the lineup, back into the keek, and try to earn her shot again. But she ain't getting another shot for at least two to three more fights. Oh, yeah. Easy. It's be a while. No, Easy. She, she blew her chance and, and really, really disappointed her fans and, and most of the UFC. You, you pay big money for these pay-per-views. You get hyped up. You really... It's a co-main event. It's a title fight, you know, more for your legacy. And that's the kind of performance we have to endure. It was, it was horrible. And, you know, I'm shocked that she even had an idea that she won that fight, but uh, it was, it would have been brutal for the judges. Uh, I I'm glad it wasn't a judge that night there for that fight. It was terrible. Uh, another thing that I do want to mention about the good was uh, Daniel Cormier uh, getting the announcement that he made the hall of fame. Uh, that was probably my favorite moment of the night. Got a lot of respect for DC and just all the, the things he's done for the sport that he continues to do for the sport. And uh, his, his emotional response was, was really cool. Uh, they had kept it a total surprise to him and all of a sudden uh, made the announcement while he was cage side. And he gets to go in with one of his best friends in the world, former teammate, longtime buddy, uh, Khabib Nurmagomedov. Uh, really cool moment for me. One of, it was my favorite part of the night by far. 
No, it was awesome. It was awesome to see just his genuine response. I love the fact where he says, I'm speechless and I love talking. Exactly. <laughs> I thought that was that was, I thought that was awesome. I that thought was that was really cool. Yeah. Classic, won, classic Cormier. Yeah. He won the uh heavyweight and light heavyweight belts. Uh he had 11 wins in 14 fights, uh, six wins in title fights, um, nine USC main events, all pay-per-views, um, 23 takedowns. And he won the best MMA fighter for the ESPYs in 2018. Uh, started putting it on the map. Uh, great to see him and his, his uh, longtime teammate. He said Khabib kind of chirped him a little bit, like, hey, I made it in before you did. Uh, but they'll be inducted on the same day in June here, um, as well as the Cub Swanson and Duhoy Choi um, fight that uh, I got to witness live. Um, so that'll be fun. That induction ceremony in June will be uh, must watch TV for, for any of the uh, longtime UFC people. But uh, okay. Uh, so you talked about the ugly first. Do you want to talk about the second ugly or do you want to get to some good first? You know what? Let, let's just get all the ugly out of the way. Let's, okay. just, let's just get it all out of the way. All right. All right. So the second ugly of uh, the fight that we had to, we had to witness was uh, Shogun Hua and Obin St. Peru, all right? Well, I thought that these old guys, these old veterans of the game still maybe had something to give. No. But what they demonstrated to me instead was maybe it's time for, to retire for both of them. Yeah. That's what I saw. Yeah, that was rough. Yeah, 40 and 39 years old. And, you know, uh, we, we started hearing rumors that uh, this was going to be Shogun's second last fight in his career. Um, but... Um, yeah, maybe it should be the last fight of his career. Yeah, he just did not have it. He was so slow. Um, just really nothing. Nothing. This, this didn't have anything to give. And, you know, he's he's been in lots of my favorite fights in mixed martial arts history. The Dan Henderson fight. Uh, he's in the Hall of Fame for one of my favorite fights of all time. Uh, some of those pride fights that he had as, you know, he became the champion there in pride, uh, came over here, got the light heavyweight belt and, you know, amazing distinguished career, really, really great guy. I can't say a lot of bad things about him, but um, yeah, I don't know. He just did not have it on Saturday night. No, he didn't have it. And then Ovens didn't have to show too much either. No. And, and that, and that was, that was literally the fight. Like I they traded leg kicks for three rounds. Yeah, it, it to me, it seemed like light sparring. That was and where they're on a main card, but I'm like, oh, they're sparring. Oh, how how novel. That's pretty nice. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna get up and I'm gonna get some chips. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I was really bored and it wasn't fun to watch that one either. And our friend Scott Holburn texted me and said, "Oh, I'm watching now." And I'm like, "Oh, well, you're not missing anything. <laughs> this one's sad." And and uh, he, I think he just tuned in maybe right at the very end of it or something. Oh, um, I got to update everyone with the basketball score. Uh, Boston is looking like they're going to win here. They, uh, they're down to 43 seconds left. They've got a nine-point lead. And uh, this series is also going to be tied two games apiece. So three series out of four tied two games apiece with one game. Just about to start when this one ends. So Boston with the big victory, huge, uh, 
huge win for them. And uh, yeah, we've got a, another just three game series uh, between, between these two franchises. Yeah. Yeah, man. And that's a, it, it's always better when the playoffs are extended and yeah. it's, it's, it's fantastic to see that uh, we have three playoff games that are tied two games apiece. Awesome. 30 points for Horford, 30 for Tatum uh, with 13 rebounds. Uh, both Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart, 18 points apiece. Uh, Giannis had a monster night, but um, didn't do much in the fourth quarter. It looks like uh, he stuck on 34 and 18. Uh, huge night, but um, yeah, just did not uh, contribute enough in that fourth quarter, I guess, to, to um, help them win. But uh, two games apiece. Yeah, awesome. Uh, okay, so we got the ugly out of the way. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. Let's talk about the uh, main event. Um, Charles Oliveira uh, really came in. Uh, a lot of people were thinking, okay, you know, this is a really tough test. Justin Gaethje has been in tons of wars, uh, looked amazing in his demolishing of of uh, Tony Ferguson looked really good in many of these wars coming in. Uh, could Charles Oliveira withstand some of the shots that he can throw? And uh, Gaethje hit him pretty hard uh, with some very, very tough shots early on. Had him in a little bit of trouble, but uh, Oliveira just came back and, and had an amazing performance to, to finish this one off. They both dropped each other. It, it, you know, started with Gaethje dropping Oliveira. Or no, sorry, Oliveira dropping Gaethje. And then Gaethje coming back and dropping Oliveira. And then it, was, it just became like kind of like a brawl. Yeah. Kind of like what I always expect a title fight to Want, be. Title Something fight. I want to watch. Yeah. Where I'm like, okay, if they can do this for three rounds, that may make up for yeah. that last thing I just saw. Yeah. It was only a round. Yeah. So it, was, like, it wasn't good enough. Right. But it was still awesome to see. And Oliveira obviously showed his quality, how good he is yeah. by taking out somebody that dangerous. Because yeah. Gaethje is no joke. They came to war uh, against each other. And Oliveira got the win by getting the rear naked choke that he wrapped up. And once he has that in, you could tell it was in deep. And Gaethje was going to go to sleep if he did not tell. Yeah. Yeah, he's no joke on the ground. Uh, impressive, impressive submission. Uh, has the record by far for the most submissions in USC history. And, um, you know, his his long, long rise to the top, and now he's there. I, I often have seen guys take a, a while to get to the top, and they get there, and then they get knocked off the perch right away. But, um, man, that was a very, very impressive performance. Um, yeah, against a really tough guy in Gaethje, and, and uh, yeah, what he had, he forced him to tap. That's that's a eleven fight win streak for him. And you know, I I don't know how many guys are going to be able to you know dethrone him at this moment at this point in his career. He just seems like he's at at a peak that's um, going to be very 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 hard to beat. Yeah, because we've seen it now in the last two fights where he can be hurt, but he just comes back with a vengeance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh no, I, you can hurt me but you're not going to hurt me long enough that I can't win because I'm always going to come back. So no. I'm very impressed by that. But the one thing that I guess he's going to have to be very mindful of going forward in the future is making that weight. I know that there was a little bit of controversy with the scale there, 
But at the end of the day, you have to think that the commission obviously brought in a scale that's going to work. Yeah. Because that's the one thing that it's their job. It's the one thing that they have to do right. Just bring in a scale that works. Yeah, well, uh, Dana White made some comments after. Um, I'm, I'm re- you know, usually I'm very critical of guys missing weight. Uh, that's your job. Mm-hmm. That's what you have to do. No matter what, you know, step on that scale at the proper weight when, yep. when you have to. But uh, this time I'm, I'm actually um, not going to be as critical with him with this because what I hear from a lot of the fighters is they went there the night before and they stepped on the scale and they had made weight. And he, he swears that he had made weight Thursday night, stepping on the scale that they provide them. He went to his room. He said he did not drink a drop of water, did not consume any food, did not put anything in his body. When he went down in the morning, he was a kilo over. And uh, so he said, I, you know, tried my best. I dropped a couple pounds in that hour they gave me. But um, when, you know, he's coming from Brazil and he doesn't bring his own scale, he has to rely on the accuracy of a scale that they provide and he goes down there and, and steps on it and, and it weighs fine. Uh, what more does a guy have to do? That's what you got in your brain. Okay, I've made weight. I don't have to work overnight and, and keep it off and get back on the scale and make sure. Uh, other fighters had the same thing happen to them. And Dana White said, we're going to obviously have to provide a security guard at the weigh-in spot as well as somebody that can properly calibrate it so that it's accurate you know, to the exact degree, because, you know, I I'm, I'm kind of thinking that I would sort of think about suing. I would consider, I don't know, man, like this is, this is really a really bad thing. If this is accurate and true is what he's saying that he stepped on the scale and it told him he had made weight. Uh, what more is the guy supposed to do? That's absolutely, absolutely. That that's why I was playing a little devil's advocate by saying, Obviously, they had to bring a scale that worked, right? Right? Because if they didn't, then that means that athletic commission for like the Arizona is incompetent. Yeah. They're absolutely incompetent. How can you not bring a scale that doesn't work? And on top of that, now that Dana White has had this incident happen, I'm kind of, first off, I'm kind of surprised that he actually, or he hasn't implemented this already, where he actually has a tech to make sure that the scales are always correct. Right. I'm kind of surprised at that. Sure. But now going forward and now that this debacle has happened, well, then you're definitely going to have to have that. Yeah. And then also to maybe protect the scale overnight. Yeah. So that nobody messes with it. There should be, yeah, they should have to have, um, you know, somebody there from part of the athletic commission has to be there, you know, on that way in. Cause they're, I, I guess they just go and, you know, it's in an open room at the hotel. They'd step on it. They look at themselves. Okay, great. Boom. They walk away. Uh, there's got to be an athletic commission person there as well as security uh, 24-7, making sure nobody messes with that. And, and yeah, it was, uh, uh, yeah, just shocking to hear the news. I, I texted you when I heard the news and said, oh, my God, uh, I can't believe this. Uh, he's, you know, and they vacated the title on him. Uh, first time that a fighter's ever lost the belt on the scale. First time in USC history. So, you know, this has happened before and they haven't gone to those extreme lengths. So I was wondering why they went to those extreme lengths 
uh, on this occasion and took the belt away from him. Uh, he was, he wasn't as angry as I think I would have been, uh, but he didn't let it distract him enough to, you know, uh, hurt his performance, but now he's not the champion. He's got to fight again to get his belt back. So uh, there'll be a little bit of a black mark on his record in his life at some, you know, down the road. But, um, you know, I don't think I would, I would blame him whatsoever for this miss. Yeah. And also too, I, I don't think he's that worried because maybe it's because of where he's at mentally, the extreme confidence that he has in himself, which is doesn't matter who it is. doesn't matter if I even have a belt or not. Nobody's going to beat me at this point in time in my career. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Uh, so what do you, what do you think we see next? Uh, who, who's he going to fight next? Is it going to be um, Makachev? Is it going to be Dariush? Is it going to be somebody else? Is Chandler uh, suddenly, you know, um, wowed everybody with that big knockout to give him a shot? Uh, who do you think we see next? No, no. Actually, after Chandler did his WWE promo for Connor, uh, it's probably not going to be him. <laughs> I'm going to say I think I think the best um, uh, opponent would be Makachev. Yeah. I honestly believe that. I think he would be the next guy up. Not easy um, fight either. Not easy uh, at all. Chandler made a comment in the post-fight uh, co- conference that uh, he doesn't think Makachev deserves it because he's only had um, one fight against the top 10 opponent in that whole division. Uh, everybody else has had multiple and many, many fights. So he, he thinks he's um, he's overrated a bit. Uh, and uh, yeah, get, getting the shot over only having one, you know, fight against a really, really top, top level competition. Um, you know, good, fair on him uh, making that comment. Uh, but, um, you know, Makachev has looked super impressive and, and, you know, we talked about Cormier and Khabib. They have talked about him as being the, the next champion coming out of AKA, but uh, yeah, fair point for Chandler to make that. Yeah. Fair point. But here's the thing. I didn't hear him say, maybe I should fight him. I didn't hear him say that. Weird. Weird. <laughs> I wonder why. Oh, maybe, oh, maybe it's because that guy's super dangerous or right. maybe it's because he's more, he's more enthused about getting that money fight with Connor yeah. at Walter Wade. As he was doing, like I said, cutting his uh, his promo. So, Almost yeah. everybody calls out Connor these days because he is the biggest draw in the sport still, even though he hasn't been winning for the past few years uh, <laughs> and he is injured currently. But uh, everybody wants uh, that big money that Connor can bring. And uh, but I think um, that fight does make sense for the UFC because I think uh, it would be a lot of pay per view buys, and uh, you know it'd be. Exciting two two pit bulls uh, going at, at each other, and he said, you know, he thinks it would be better at one seventy because uh, he doesn't like cutting to that one fifty five. Connor's put on maybe twenty kind of twenty five pounds of muscle and looking massive, so uh, maybe that makes sense. One seventy, those two guys. Yeah, no. Even even after he did all that, I thought to myself, you know what? That's actually incredibly insightful call out. Yeah. It was actually really smart, especially after having a spectacular win with the way that he did. So yeah. I thought, yeah, you know what? It, it, if I'm Connor, it's something I would actually consider. Yeah. Uh, where does Tony Ferguson go from here? Uh, four losses in a row, uh, knocked out in spectacular fashion, had to go to the hospital. Uh, probably will never remember that knockout in his lifetime. 
Um, tough to see a guy that's been through so many wars. I mentioned Gaethje and him before. Uh, I think that took that fight took a year or two off of his life, and uh, you know, getting knocked out that severely with a kick—that's um, got to be hard to recover from. Yeah, and that's the first time that's ever happened to him. All right, and also too, before that knockout happened, I thought that was the best he's looked in several fights. Yeah, he looked he looked fantastic. Great yeah. movement, accurate strikes. I thought he was on his way if he could keep it up to winning that fight. Yeah. And then, hey, that was as sudden a knockout as I've seen in a long, long time. Yeah. That all of a sudden, we're wa I'm watching at my friend's house with a bunch mm -hmm. of us. Then all of a sudden, I just go, ah! <laughs> <laughs> what just happened? Like, it was just, just like that. And yeah. it was a perfect front kick. I didn't know that Chandler learned the front kick from Sensei C Steven Seagal. I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> it was like it was perfect and that's yeah. definitely yeah. the way that Seagal teaches it yeah <laughs> right yeah we saw that with Anderson Silva Vitor Belfort back in the day we saw that with um, Damian Maya over Randy Couture and um, you know but we haven't seen one that spectacular that uh, immediate drop boom completely out uh, it took a while for Ferguson to get up and and nice. I, I kind of hate sometimes when a guy's been knocked out and he's staying there uh, and the refs standing in between them, holding their hands, and you know, uh, Buffer's about to make the announcement. Ferguson looked like, "What <laughs> the hell's going on here? <laughs> I, I don't know where I am. What, what just, what's going on?" He he looked like a deer in the headlights, and it 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 wasn't a good look. No, of course not, because he was out for several minutes. No. I, I, to a certain extent, I sometimes think to myself, when a guy doesn't get up immediately or he's just like out cold for a certain uh, a length of time, yeah. just get him out yeah. and send him to the hospital. There's no reason for him to stand beside the ref to raise the, like, forget it. He yeah. knows he's lost. We all know he's lost. Just yeah. get him to the hospital, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I thought he should immediately go to the hospital. I don't like, I don't like when, you know, they wait because um, you know, that we've seen it in boxing. Uh, you know, luckily we haven't seen it in MMA at this level, but uh, we've seen it in boxing guys do die. Um, you know, they're taking severe shot to their brain and uh, obviously it shut, shut their lights out. Uh, he should, he should have not been in the, in the cage any longer. As soon as he woke up, they should have taken him to the hospital. I'm glad he got to the hospital, but um, yeah, they, they have to, you know, put some policy in place where, you know, knock out like that immediately to the hospital, you know, just get him in an ambulance, lights and sirens going and get him there as quick as possible to get the medical team uh, on top of him. If he's got, you know, maybe he's got a brain bleed. You just don't know. You just don't. Yeah. Know. Because they, fighter safety is super important yeah. at, at that level. So to ensure that fighter safety is being provided. When you get knocked out like that, take it to a hospital. Yeah. Well, that, uh, <laughs> that, that was pretty uh, awesome performance. That was one of the good ones. Uh, the fight of the night um, was Brandon Royvel and Matt Schnell. Uh, really awesome performance by those guys. And um, I, I, was, I was happy to see that it got uh, fight of the night. Uh, what do you think of that one? Loved it. It was, it was just like, I think the word I want to say for that particular fight was chaotic. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, was, it was just awesome. It was up and down. Schnell 
for the most part, had the advantage in that fight. Yeah. And then once he once once Roy Val managed to slip out of that anaconda choke, all of a sudden it turned on its head in a flash. And then he did the one move that we've already seen before, the one-armed guillotine choke. I I I I guess maybe that's a walk-off move now or something. I don't know, but it was fantastic to see. Yeah, it was it was spectacular and uh, amazing performance. And yeah, I I, I loved watching it. Um, yeah, just uh getting that guillotine you know being able to get out of it and then being able to put one on himself and uh, you know th- those flyweights are just so fun to watch because it's just such fast transitions and you're just like holy cow he's he's in trouble no he's not boom now he's got the other guy in trouble uh that that that's why i love that the flyweight division didn't get killed and uh, we still get to see guys you know being able to you know show these awesome performances and and yeah, it was uh, Raw Dog. Just uh, yeah, looked amazing on that one, and and he's he's going places for sure. No, no, he he definitely is. I, I know that he did the irrational call out for the, his title shot. Yeah, that's not going to happen. But yeah. if he continues to keep winning like this, it definitely will at some point. Yeah. Uh, while we're on the prelim card, I do want to mention Francesco, uh, Francisco Trinaldo, forty three years old. And still looking awesome. Uh, second oldest fighter in the UFC. And to get a big victory like that, um, uh, man, he had Roberts rocked um, <laughs> severely. Uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, it's great to see um, a guy that, uh, you know, 43 years old, still being able to get a big victory like that. He managed to figure out something that Randy Couture figured out, which is still really good. And still, and 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 old. I'm really good, and I'm old. And with Trinaldo, every time I've seen him go out to the octagon, I haven't seen, uh, I I haven't seen a decrease in his skills. No, I haven't seen, I haven't seen that yet. Yeah. And and he's 43, and he's been in some wars, man. So super impressed. Uh, Roberts was game, but he got hurt way too many times by Trinaldo to win that fight. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, was disappointed that uh, Donald Cerrone got sick. Supposedly he ate some tacos, got some food poisoning, uh, couldn't fight Joe Lozon. Uh, hopefully they can make that happen in the next coming weeks. Uh, but that pushed Randy Brown and uh, Chaos Williams on to the main card. And um, your, your Jamaican brother uh, got a big victory there, got a decision win. Oh, uh, Chaos Williams is uh, one tough guy, and uh, but Randy Brown, um, just the, the length, uh, the ability to um, just pick his shots. Uh, he he just looks so comfortable in there in those in that second and third round. That uh, yeah, he just he really impresses me every time I see him. It was the second and third round, especially the second round where it's almost like he disseminated the information from the first round. Yeah. And I believe his, his, his coach said, hey, remember who you are, man. Go out there and go out there and give it to him, pretty much. And he's just like, all right, I will. And because Joe Rogan was the first to, to say it, I noticed it as soon as he said it, which is, ah, he's coming out with a different sort of energy, which yeah. is, I'm in control. I got this. Yeah. And he did. And he was very, very good at slipping the punches, too, of Chaos Williams. So- but – and, you know, post-fight, he was just very um, sincere about the fact that 
yeah, I had to kind of take my time with that guy because he's super dangerous. Yeah. Which he is. <laughs> Very smart move. And, you know, we were, we know a lot of fighters go into fights and they say, okay, you know, like you say, you got to take the information, start seeing where it's coming from, the dangerous parts, uh, you know, okay, second round, let's turn it around. And uh, it was perfect game plan, was able to, you know, avoid any massive damage in that first round. And then in those, those last two rounds, uh, he looked great. He, he has just amazing movement uh, and just such a calmness about him that, um, you know, he can avoid almost every shot that the, the, the guy throws and he's going to be able to pick a guy apart. Uh, when the guy can't hit you and you can pick him apart, uh, you're going to win most of these fights. Yeah. And especially picking him apart at distance. Yeah. Those limbs of his are ridiculous. His so, reach advantage is ridiculous. He will always have a reach advantage in any of his fights going forward. As long as he can utilize that to his benefit, he's going to be exceptionally hard to beat in that division. The only, uh, the only disappointment that I had in, in that fight was that he was not allowed to bring in the Jamaican flag. And uh, they have made a policy now in the UFC that fighters are not allowed to bring their country's flags into the cage uh somebody asked dana white uh, why is that the case and he goes you know you know just don't even go there and uh so i believe it's um because of the russian thing the war and, yeah. uh, the war that's going on there uh, i don't know if that's going to be a permanent thing for the ufc but um that was kind of weird because i you know always see him draped in that Jamaican flag and uh, feel proud for your, you know, you and uh, your countrymen there. And uh, yeah, it's got to be disappointing for guys not to be able to represent their country, their country the way they want to. Yeah. It kind of sucks, but I understand why I, I, I do. I get it. And maybe for him looking forward, because you never know what the future holds. You never what, know what more wars are going to happen. Maybe this is going to be a thing. But I don't know if you noticed, there was one guy that managed to slip through the cracks before he fought, Ovin St. Peru. Okay. On his mouth guard. Oh, okay. How did yeah. That oh. And so because I, I saw that and I'm like, oh, he's going to get talked into. After. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's going to get in trouble for that. Oh. So, but yes, but I, I get it. I understand. And I think it's probably for the best for yeah. now. Uh, once this, this conflict is resolved, maybe they, they look at it again. But for now, I think it's for the best. Yeah. Uh, both of us uh, were busy on Saturday. We didn't see much of the early prelims. I did see the Andre uh, Touchy Fialo. Uh, oh, no, Andre Fialo, not Touchy Fialo. Uh, he got the big KO victory, got the 50K bonus. The other thing I want to mention is uh, Lupe Godinez, uh, Vancouver girl, got a, a, a victory decision win in her fight in the women's strawweight fight. Um, great to see her back um, getting the victory after her latest defeat. But um, yeah, there was, uh, yeah, like seven, eight hours of fights. And uh, I was busy uh, up until till the prelim start. I didn't catch much of the early prelims. Uh, but um, yeah, I just thought I should mention that. Uh, any other thing that you want to mention before we talk about uh, next week's fight? Um, no. I, I think I think we're I think we're good. Oh, I guess the only thing I wanted to mention real quick with the chase on versus Dumont, I thought she she fought very intelligently against Dumont. Anytime that Dumont actually was beginning to get momentum, she wrestled her, uh, grappled her along the cage, 
used her distance management, was able to pop her shots and get out of uh, range very quickly before she was getting any return shots. Great win by Chase Song. That's yeah. all I wanted. Uh, there was a lot of booze on that decision. Uh, I guess the, the fighters, uh, I don't know, they, they wanted Dumont or they, they thought she was the one to win. It was a split decision. Uh, there was a lot of booze that night. Uh, that's something that I definitely uh, took away from that. Uh, sometimes um, I get a little critical of some of these uh, places where they haven't had a ton of UFC cards and they sort of boo at some inappropriate moments but uh there was way too many times where booing was legitimately called for uh, on this night uh luckily we had some good things because there was uh yeah there was some definitely ugly 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 moments in this and uh, i'm glad that there was a few spectacular moments to to make it uh, not one of the cards that we talk about as terrible 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 into the future yeah, it, it, it wasn't one of those cards. Luckily, there was some great fights to kind of balance the disgusting like fights that we got to see. Yeah. But at the same time, I really don't want to see any more fights like that. No. I really don't want to see any more fights know, like that. Yeah. Especially, especially if it's a title fight. Jeez. You got to fight, man. You got to yeah. fight. That's it. Yeah, that was a uh, that was brutal. Yeah, yeah. I I, I feel sorry for Rose because she did not show up. Uh, she's gonna kick herself a lot over this one, and uh, yeah, it's uh, gonna sting for years and years. It's probably gonna be a couple years before she even gets a, a shot at the belt again. So that's pretty rough. Uh, okay, why don't we talk about uh, next week's card? Uh, we've got the uh, main event is a light heavyweight matchup. Uh, title fight between Jan Blahovic and Alexander Rakic. Um, Blahovic has had just a phenomenal uh, career at the end of his career here. Uh, you know, being able to get this belt, being able to beat Israel Adesanya, being uh, looking great. But uh, I think Rak Rakic is biting off more than he can chew. And uh, I'm leaning big money on Rakic, uh, I think he's the champ after uh, this fight ends. So you're going with Rakic against uh, Blahovic? I tend to agree with you. I think Rakic is up and coming, and I think I don't want to say Blahovic's uh, time is set, but I think it's setting, yeah. so to speak. Right. So I, 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 I really think that Rakic is, this is his fight to lose. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I love seeing uh, the Hulk fight, uh, Ion Kutulaba. I, I, I really always am impressed by his performances. Uh, him and Ryan Span are fighting. Uh, should be a good co-main fight. Oh, it should be a great fight. How about this? At least with Kutulaba, uh, you know one thing's going to happen. It's going to be a big-time fight. Somebody's yeah. going to possibly be knocked out because that's the way that that guy goes. He, yeah. he doesn't fight. You're not going to see a rose as far as a fight with that guy. He's coming after you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm, I'm super looking forward to that. I think that's going to be a great fight on the card. The very first fight of the night, I, 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 I urge people, if they're watching, do not miss this. The very first fight on the prelims, uh, two Russian fighters, Nick Maximov against Andrei Petrosky. Uh, both these guys have been finishers, 
Uh, big time, quick knockouts. Very, 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 very lethal, both of them. Uh, Maximov comes in at 8-0 and Petrovsky's 7-2. and uh, Debuts UFC, but uh, amazing performances before they made it into the UFC. And uh, I think this is going to be fight of the night, and it's the first fight of the card. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, tune in. If you don't get there in time, watch it the next day on Fight Pass or wherever you can find your fights. Uh, this, to me, is, is the best fight on the card. Yeah, it, it's going to be a good one. And hopefully Maximoff, if he can win, can stay undefeated. Yeah. So it, it's, it's going to be a good one. And one of my favorite fighters is on this preliminary card even though his record doesn't look like it, but he's still, I, I still like him. I still want, like watching his fights, which is Michael Johnson. Michael Johnson, he's yeah. Going okay. against Alan Patrick. Yeah. I, I hope that we're going to see a, a new reinvigorated Michael Johnson because I love it. I love that guy as a fighter. I really do. There's some really good female fights on the card for our female viewers and listeners or guys that love female fights. Um, uh, Jan Deroba against uh, Angela Thrill Hill. Andrea Lee against Arajao. And um, Caitlin Chukagian against Amanda Hibas, uh, two really, really tough girls in that flyweight uh, division. Um, yeah, great, great female fights on the card, too. Yeah, yeah, this is going to be a ton of good fights. I can't wait to see them next weekend or this weekend coming up. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we got to finish with uh, the upset heard around the world in the world of boxing. Uh, luckily, I was able to watch that boxing while that horrible co-main event was going on, and I, I didn't have to, uh, you know, puke out my dinner. I was, like, <laughs> watching some amazing thing. Uh, basically, Canelo Alvarez went into this fight considered the pound-for-pound pound best fighter in the world, uh, d- decides to step up in weight and face this uh, young Russian fighter who has a uh, Really had an amazing career already, but uh, one-third of the experience, as Canelo Alvarez has, uh, Dmitry Bivol uh, comes in and uh, shocks the world. Uh, really, really, really dominated this fight. I've got lots of numbers to throw out at you, but 115, 113 on all three cards. Uh, really shocking to me. I think uh, Canelo only won three rounds in this entire fight, but uh, he's still the, the just uh, decision happened. Um, he just definitely bit off a little more than he could chew. He's definitely pound for pound the best fighter at 168, but 175. Uh, this Bevel uh, really showed he's it was it was too much of a weight uh, hike. And uh, yeah, he's he's the champ and uh, really showed that he's uh, yeah so, somebody to re- be reckoned with. And Canelo uh, made a big mistake uh, thinking that he was going to be able to come up and get this guy's belt. Well, that's what happens with some of these boxers, man. Like, uh, there's going to be a point where you cannot go up anymore and keep winning. Like, like there's going to be a point where your body, your frame is not big enough or has enough power within it to hurt people at the higher weight, uh, weight levels. Yeah. And I think that's the line for Canelo. You can't you can't compete with the best of the best guys at that particular weight uh, division. You just can't. Yeah. And there's no shame in that because you dominate all the other weight divisions at your weight and below. 
But when you get up to those 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 upper weights, you know what? Sometimes you it just doesn't transfer because it's going to have to stop at some point in time. And I guess that's his line right there. That was it. Yeah. And it's surprising for the people that are you know more inclined to watch uh, mixed martial arts. Uh, you know, we see weight fluctuations uh, happen in other uh, weight classes. But I mentioned Israel Adesanya trying to go up and fight Jan Blahovich, and Blahovich was able to say, no, you know, I'm much bigger. Uh, you know, you're not going to be able to beat me and utilize his perfect game plan in boxing five, seven pounds. It's a lot. It's a lot. And uh, yes, you know, Canelo has dominated many of the weight divisions, but this was just too much of a step up. And, and people looked uh, just so much bigger than him. It was, uh, it was quite, quite apparent in, in the ra- in the ring. And uh, I was just blown away. Uh, let me let me throw some of these stats out to you in case anybody hasn't heard them or seen them. Uh, total punches thrown, 710 for Beevil, 445 for Canelo. Uh, Beevil landed 152 to 84. The power shots, uh, they threw close to the same amount, but uh, power shots landed were 106 to 74 for Beevil. Uh, jabs were 46 to 10 46 to 10 canelo landed four uh no 10 jabs 10 jabs in 12 round fight like how crazy is that uh he was he was trying to land some power shots uh and and some hooks but um nothing was phasing bevel at all and uh, he just walked through him and um they they talked they talked in the ring about an immediate rematch. Uh, this really upsets the, a lot of the promoters because there was a trilogy fight against Triple G that was supposed to happen, and uh, that was going to be one of those massive pay per view numbers, you know. And um, that that has been put on hold supposedly, and they're going to do this second rematch. But uh, if I was his management team, no chance. No chance. It's not in the second fight, in the third fight, in the fourth fight. He's he's not going to beat this guy. I don't think. I don't. I just. I didn't see enough to make me even think that he has a chance. Really. Here's the thing. I wish I was like you. I wish I had been watching that fight instead of that Rose fight. All right. <laughs> I really do. But if okay, I'm just going to play devil's advocate advocate just for a brief second. If one of the greatest fighters in the planet of our generation thinks that he can come up with a game plan to beat that guy that seems way stronger and way tougher than him at that upper division, I guess I'm going to give him his shot. Yeah. I, I guess yeah. I guess so, because yeah. I got to I got to say, Canelo Alvarez has earned the right to do that. So if he believes he can beat him, I am super curious to see what the game plan is. When they fight again, yeah. I want to see exactly how he changes what he did the first time in the second matchup. Is it a completely different game game plan? Like, what is he going to do to mitigate all the advantages that people has against him? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you're right. Uh, you know, we got to give one of the greatest fighters to ever live a, a shot if he wants a shot at that and wants to avenge that loss. Um, you know, maybe if he has a, a bit longer time to pack on the muscle, pack on that weight. Maybe he, you know, is able to, you know, feel his body different. Uh, you know, he might've been a bit sluggish because 
that weight is foreign to his body and not used to fighting that way. Not, you know, it took a while for his body to, you know, adjust to that. Uh, you know, maybe if he pushes that rematch six months from now and he's got proper ability to put that weight on and, and feel himself walking around like that, fighting like that, maybe, 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 uh, you know, I would never, I don't think I would put a bet down, but, uh, you know, what I saw on that one, uh, it was just, yeah, it, it would be very hard for him to change his game plan or do something different. Cause it was a one-sided affair for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it, like you said, it's going to be hard to envision how he's going to change the outcome, but since you're one of the best to have ever done it, maybe there's something that you saw that none of us saw yeah. that will allow you to do that. Yeah. Let's, let's hope. Um, crazy. Uh, it was, uh, yeah, it was crazy. I, I was stunned what I was watching and it was fun to watch. And uh, yeah, I wish we could have been together because uh, we would have definitely shut the UFC off to the side. Yeah. And and, and, uh, yeah, watch that one. It was a great fight. Um, I just do want to mention, I'm going to put up on the website. Oh, uh, revamp the sports website. Uh, Please take a look. Lots of amazing content on there right now. That's uh, really fun. I'm getting a lot of good feedback from people that are loving it. Uh, put a lot of UFC stuff on there, a lot of NBA. We got the NHL playoffs. We got some NFL and baseball stuff on there. And I do want to mention that um, loving, loving, loving your cousin's coverage of the F1. F1 had a big race in Miami this weekend. Tons of stars came out. It was super well received. Uh, F1 really wants to break into the North American market a lot more than they have over the years. And and it was a spectacular race, but I just love watching your cousin's podcast as he's, he sh- does live qualifying, live race stuff. He's just, he's awesome. We got to get him on soon, man. He is just such a pleasure to uh, listen to and watch uh, commentate on the F1. Yeah, and that, that's my, my cousin, David Cameron, who is exemplary at what he does, especially in the racing aspect and all aspects of his, of his uh, YouTube channel. Uh, he's very, very good, super talented. I couldn't be prouder of him. And uh, he's, 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 he's very good. And he will be coming on. He will nice. be coming on. Yeah. For sure, at some point in time. All we got to do is be healthy enough. Yeah, right. Got to yeah. do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's in your guys' genes. You're two uh, really good guys on podcasts that, uh, yeah, oh, man, uh, somehow it's uh, he's across the pond way over in England. And somehow both you guys, uh, you know, awesome at podcasts. Uh, I think uh, look out ESPN. Uh, I'm going to lose you to yes, <laughs> one day. Um, yeah, he, oh man, he makes F1 so enjoyable to watch and listen to and gives such incredible insight, man. He's so knowledgeable and um, gets great viewership and yeah, he's, he's making me more of an F1 fan every week. And I just love it. Um, you would you would not believe the stars that all came out uh, for the for the F1. I couldn't believe all the celebrities and all the athletes. Uh, there's an amazing, amazing picture of um, Lewis Hamilton seven titles, Tom Brady seven titles, Michael Jordan six championships, and David Beckham all 
standing together and all four of them in a picture. Uh, I, Be- Beckham has numerous championships from his days uh, playing playing soccer. At, but uh, uh, I got to see uh, an amazing interview with Tom Brady and Lewis Hamilton, both seven titles, seven world championships, uh, and they uh, played golf together. Uh, after the interview and stuff, and uh, they're they're best of friends supposedly. It was really really neat to see, and and on and on and on. I could just list off uh, dozens and dozens and dozens of huge athletes and 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 stars that were uh, there in Miami uh, enjoying the F1 and all the festivities around it. Oh yeah, well that's that's fantastic. That's probably the first time that uh, all of those those athletes have ever been together at the same time. And all you're seeing right there is like, oh, you, you, you want to learn from the best? You want to know how to win? There it is right there. There it is right there. <laughs> yeah. One of the, uh, the Sky Sports uh, announcers, um, he was looking for people in the crowd as they're getting ready to start the cars. Everybody's on the track walking around. And he, he says, hey, I see Patrick Mahomes. And he starts going, hey, Patrick, hey, Patrick, I'm so-and-so from Sky Sports. I should know his name, but He's, he's calling and calling and finally he, he taps him on the back and the guy turns around and it's not Patrick Mahomes and he goes, oh, hey, how's it going? Are you enjoying yourself? And, and the guy goes, yeah, yeah, first time watching the F1 here live. This is great. And then he's like, oh, you're not Patrick Mahomes, are you? Who are you? And then he his name. And he was actually an NBA player that had just been drafted. Uh, don't have his name off the top of my head, but but he, he totally messed up and then he walks away like, Oh, shoot. Uh, that sure looked like Patrick Mahomes to me. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was super funny, super, super hilarious. Uh, that's good. That's good. You, you need that levity in yeah. any sort of broadcast. So that, that's good. That's good. Yeah, that was good. Okay, man. Well, we're uh, just into the second quarter in the Golden State Memphis game. Memphis has a four-point lead, a uh, minute and a half in to the second quarter. Uh, enjoy the basketball tonight. Uh, hope you get a chance to see this entire game and uh, a bit of the uh, first game. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to watch that later too. And uh, thanks for doing this. Uh, sorry if I um, yeah w- didn't give my best performance, but still sick. Uh, trying to trying to clear the cobwebs out of my head. Um, I I I didn't go to work today, and I thought, should I do a podcast? Uh, you know, will it be looked down upon by my coworkers and bosses and you know the guy's doing a podcast but he can't come to work but i'm just sitting on my butt talking sports like i could be talking on the phone to anybody at this moment but uh anyway uh i hope i uh, i hope i did a good enough job for you buddy and i, I really appreciate you coming in uh, even though you're still in recovery mode too hey this has been fun like it always is i appreciate it i appreciate you only thing I want to hear from you is that you're going to take care of yourself, get some rest, try to get back to 100%. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Okay, all the best. Uh, take care of your shoulder and, uh, yeah, keep in touch this week. And, uh, yeah, man, I can't wait to do this again one week from tonight. And uh, But, yeah, let's, uh, let's talk through the week. Uh, hopefully I can give you some good news and I can get back to work. Okay. Sounds good, my friend. You take it easy. We'll talk later. Okay. Cheers. Night. Bye for now. Okay, well, another episode. Um, geez, what did we do? An hour and a half or so. Yeah, 
Um, I'm telling you, I don't know if you could tell, but I am not feeling good. I feel just so dizzy, nauseous. Uh, I didn't know COVID could uh, wipe me out this much, but um, it's been a crazy, um, yeah, a couple of weeks, just been uh, feeling horrible, 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 and thought I would be better by now, but uh, not that good. So uh, the nausea, the dizziness, the uh, foggy head, uh, all that stuff, bad headaches, uh, really just excruciating bad headaches. I had one yesterday that just would not go away. Um, had, uh, you know, got together with uh, some people for Mother's Day, but uh, my dad and um, and his partner for Mother's Day. And oh, man, just, uh, yeah, couldn't shake it, though. Anyway, um, thanks for tuning in, listening and watching. Uh, I love doing this. Uh, missing a couple weeks was tough for me, but um, yeah, I, I did just lay in bed and watch a ton of sports over the weekend, really, and, and wanted to you know talk about it. And Jason said, yeah, I really, really can't wait to talk about the uh, ugly performances on the UFC. So good to give him a platform too. So Anyway, I want to just mention our partners and sponsors uh, before we end. Um, um, Anchor.fm, easiest place to make a podcast. Amazing at posting on multiple podcast platforms for us. Uh, Verbero, the hockey equipment and apparel company. First in um, technology performance and value. V350 stick is something you need. Uh, Pampas and Possibilities, they can come into your home and spruce it up and make it look amazing. Uh, you can find them on our website. And last but not least, Forever Living, the aloe vera company for health and beauty products. Um, buy some products on our website and you get some really good discounts. So thanks as always to them. And thank you again for tuning in and watching. And um, Dave Cameron, I love what you're doing. Love, love, love what you're doing. Uh, and look at our website. Um, yeah, it's really starting to come together. A lot of fun stuff to view on a daily basis uh, if you're a sports nut and um, other big things coming uh, some musical podcasts coming on complete music media soon too so um, anyway love you guys a lot take care of yourself and have an awesome week ahead stay safe uh, and try to avoid COVID it sucks it is killing me horrible 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 uh, uh, I shouldn't say it's killing me because that's uh, insensitive, brutal. Uh, lots of um, obviously people have perished, uh, man. But uh, there's been days where, man, I was worried and not feeling good at all. And um, yeah, hopefully uh, the worst is way behind me and I can get back to normal and feeling great anyway. Um, and uh, if any of my colleagues or bosses are watching, believe me, I could not go to work today. I was able to do this, but I could not work today. I wouldn't have been able to do anything uh, good for you. So I'll uh, get some rest tonight and hopefully I feel great tomorrow enough to get back at it. So anyway, again, love you. Take care. Bye for now.